Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shannon, at Can We Talk Sports. I'm here with my host. Karen. Karen what's up? What's up? You know I'm going to talk about you, right? Uh, Yeah. So we're in the green room. And we we talking to our guests. Karen jumps up. I guess a, a, um, a family member came over, right? Karen was like, hi and i was like oh my god we're in the green room my guest looking at me and so she brought us some greens right so karen go these my greens they said what did you ask her are they cooked what did i you said why they not cooked with some cornbread she in the green room y'all so the the guest that's going to come on was cracking <laughs> up and i'm sitting there going oh my she didn't mean no she didn't mean no mic Nothing. I thought you couldn't hear through uh, the earplugs. We heard everything. The holler, the greens, the kitchen. We heard it all, right? So she gets up and leaves. So I'm sitting there going, uh, okay. So we just didn't even laugh. But that's, hey, that's how it is on Can You Talk Sports? Because you never know what go. Listen, the green room, you never know what goes on in the green room. Never know. What goes on in the green room stays. Stay in the green room. <laughs> But they say what goes in, on in Vegas, stay in Vegas. So anyway, I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh, I can't wait to get her on the show. Lord have mercy. It was hilarious. I mean, she was like, ah! so, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think I it was funny. It was hear cute. me through the earplugs. Oh, yeah. You can hear him real good. But it was cute. That, I, you know what? That's what? That's why you got to love Karen, right? Like, Karen is Karen. She's like, I'm real. I'm not going to sugarcoat. This is who I am. Either you're going to love me or you're not. Right. So. That's what I love about her because she is funny, <laughs> hilarious. So, and always laughing. <laughs> see what I'm saying? She always laugh. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, you should see oh. us. Oh wow. man. So, anyway, what's going on? Well, today was an emotional day. I didn't realize they was having a funeral for, um, for George Floyd. And so, at one point in the funeral, they had people to stand doing it uh, for eight minutes and 46 seconds. So I went live standing for him on behalf of him in yeah, silence. Yeah. And I was so powerful. And, you know, and I was just, you know, thinking to my head, you know, God, help us to love one another, you know, help us to get past this, help us come together with unity. You know, I'm just like, it's, it's like, where are the answers, you know? The only thing you can do is give it to God, you know? So there's just prayer. Just give it to him, you know? I saw a video where um, a bunch of students in Alabama or a community all laid down. So I thought it was like, wow, that's pretty touching. So, yeah, yeah I tell you what, just 
Got to give it to the Lord. That's all I know. That's why I tell my kids, you just got to stay before God, no matter what it is. You know, you just have to stay before him and make sure you're, do, you're doing what you're supposed to do and, and you're living your life right. You know, so. Yeah. 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 But um, we got so much going on on Can We Talk Sports. We've, we've got some guests coming to the show. We've got a special guest that will be coming to the show that uh, I called Karen this morning about. I can't tell y'all. I can't tell y'all. But all I'm going to tell you is this. When they come on the show, I am not responsible for what comes out of their mouth. <laughs> okay. The guest the, mouth? Yes. Our mouth? The, the guest mouth. Because I'm related to them, right? So if they say anything about my childhood, me as a oh. little girl, don't even believe them. Oh, no, no. Don't, I'm believing it. Don't even Tell believe not a nan. Don't believe nan one of them. <laughs> don't believe nan one that's going to come on the show. So I can't wait till we do the flyer. And I'm telling you, I'm going to say it again. Whatever they say about me when I was young, don't even believe them. Oh, no. You can't, I'm a, I'm a, you can't do that. Don't believe them. Don't, especially, especially, especially my sister's actually one of them's coming on. Don't, don't even believe them. Oh, no. Mm-mm. I want to tell me everything. Don't believe them. Like I'm going to be sitting, I'm going to mute. I'm going to figure <laughs> out how to mute them. Mute. <laughs> when they start talking crazy. Oh, mute. So anyway, <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that. We got that phone call. We've got a lot more guests coming. I mean, we are, where they're coming left and right. So we're super yeah. excited about that. I cannot wait till we get back out there to yeah. interview. Um, but on, a, on even on another note today, um, Jordan has been working with um, Josh. Josh also played in the NFL with Jordan with at, at Kansas. And, um, and then they went to the XFL. Jordan, uh, Josh played here um, for Coach Stoops and Jordan was in LA. But anyway, they developed a friendship. They're here training together. And um, they're training some young men from Prosper, and it's just like they're they're getting it. And so in training, there was three uh, three other young men from McKinney Boyd who saw them and mm. came over, and they want to train with them. So what I love about it, it is they're not just training them, but they're 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 speaking the word to them. Wow! They're ministering, they're talking, they're building encouragement. So you 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 have trainers out there, right? And 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 no offense, but there's trainers out there that train. And, you know, they motivate them and then they send them on. But I love how Josh and Jordan is like, listen, first, you got to keep God first, you know, first and foremost. Um, and and talking about a plan B, you know, they're being real because, you know, Josh and Jordan were not first round picks. They were free agents, but they still made it to the NFL. But they're telling their journey. So they're not they're not saying, hey, you know, put all your eggs in one card. It's like, listen, have a plan B. You know, um, what are you going to school for? What what's if you don't do this, what's next? What do you have yeah. planned? So they're kind of preparing them for. But like I said, they're they're ministering yet. They're they're encouraging these young guys who um, are dealing with the underdog status and yeah. they're encouraging them to keep on and never, you know, don't stop. And I love that because and I hate saying underdog, but I love it because they're pulling them together, you know, because mm. I think those students get left to the side. Mm. No one, no one gives them the one-on-one, you know, if you're not the top athlete, you're not running the fastest. If you're not, you know, the, the biggest, the, side, the swag, you know, then you kind of push to the side. So that's what I like about what Jordan and them doing. They're not, they're looking at them as like, listen, you get up here with the rest of them, Yeah. but you got to believe. So that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's what we had going on today. So that's good. That's good. I um, uh, you know, with everything that's going on, there's been some like different posts I've been posting about you know what if an athlete, um, uh, athlete that's being recruited decide, especially an elite athlete that's being recruited decide to go to HBCU versus I going to that. D1. And I probably had over 400 comments. And then then I posted again, there's a basketball player, an elite basketball player, and he is considering going to HBCU. And I posted that, and I have so many comments. You know, we're going to do a show where we just show those comments, and we comment on those comments. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that part. It's just, uh, it's just, 
it's just strange on uh, people's opinion about it. And uh, but it's yeah. going to be good conversation. It's just it's very good conversation times that we're dealing with today. You know, yeah. what if? Everything, well, everything is is it. Every anything is subject to change. Yeah. You know, so you just you have to be ready for the change. That's you know that's how I look at it. And so even through this, if we, if, if people weren't ready for the COVID change, if they weren't ready, then they got lost. So somewhere you always got to stay on your toes. Hey, how are you? Um, you always got to stay on your toes to be ready for the change. So that's kind of where I've been, you know, talking to the kids, like look, shift. All right, let's think like this, be on your toes, be on your feet. So what if this, it's like you said, what if you don't go back to football? What's your plan? What are we doing? So that's why Jordan's getting into training more, you know, whether preparing them, but you know, it's like, okay, I'm gonna prepare, prepare you for the sport, but mm. at the same time, I'm gonna prepare, prepare, I'm going to prepare you for life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, so we're about to transition. We have a guest. We're going to talk about hockey. What? Listen, I've seen some hockey games. Them jokers be on the ice. They be fighting. I mean, they be slamming their heads up in the glass. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? You know, <laughs> um, but hockey is a fast paced sport on ice. Yes, it is. On ice. And I mean, that, that, them clothes, they be moving. They be, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's wild. When they fight, that's what's so funny. I yeah. mean, they literally, they go for it. Yeah. So can you I imagine can, how much confidence they have to have in skating? To uh, stand on the ice while you fight. Stand on the skate, yeah, and skating. To be on the ice, yeah. That I, I, I would probably be a nervous wreck. <laughs> so my son, my son, uh, I think it was Christopher. It's like, mom, I want to play hockey. So I, I, <laughs> so I thought about it, you know, and then you start looking at the prices. So then. I can't wait to bring this coach on because we start talking about the prices in the great room. I about fell out the chair. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so we will be, oh man, wait till you guys hear this. So we will be right back up after this with coach Brent. How you say his name? Brent. Brain, 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 coach brain. <laughs> Blue line and carrier gets shoved off the puck by David Meissen as the Bucks come into the zone. And here we go. Over there on the far side, Kenny gets his back at it it's him and neil breen going lefts and rights over there on the left side for it jenny gets trying to come in with a right on breen jenny gets is giving neil breen all that he can handle here tonight and this is actually a fight that kenny gets should win because he's got a height advantage over neil breen for once <laughs> kenny gets continues to punish breen over there along the far side boards gets and breen are tied up and all oh, the linesman wilkinson and lavar are going to come in and break it up. Why, Rick, did they do that? I think they're trying to... <laughs> hey, Coach. Hey, Coach. Oh, hey, Coach, how are you? Hey, I wanted to make it clear that uh, the <laughs> broadcaster uh, made it sound like I really got beat up, and I didn't. <laughs> I believe you. I, you, know, you know they got to do that. You know they got to be really dramatic, because that's what sales and everybody gets all excited about it. But, yeah, I believe you. I believe you. Ready? So, it's okay. Go ahead and say, I whooped his butt. <laughs> no, I, I didn't, actually. He was a real tough guy. I'm actually still in touch with him. He's a, he's a good Your guy. Friend. He's got a good hockey and everything. So it's a small world, the hockey world, for sure. Oh, wow. So let's – okay. Before we go get started, what brought that incident on? Well, I mean, so like in pro hockey, especially minor pro, you know, there's a lot, especially in those days. I mean, that was back in the in the 90s, early 2000s. Uh, intimidation was still kind of a part of the game. It's less and less is important now. Um, you know, he was a tough guy taking liberties on some of our higher end players and I wasn't one of those higher end players. I was more of the guy to, you know, take care of guys like him. And, and so that's what I had to do. He, was, he slashed one of my line mates. And so I cross checked him in the face. And next thing you know, we were fighting. 
Oh my goodness! I tell you what, I to watch it is so intense. I mean, and it's it's funny because the refs kind of let you go for a little while, and then they kind of get in, yeah. So then you can hear the crowd going crazy in the background. So is that what make hockey fun? The fact is that you guys break out into fights. Is that what caused the excitement in the game? No, I mean, I, listen, it, it's definitely an exciting part of the game, but there's so much more to the game that's, that's exciting. The the team aspect of the game is, you know, you know, working together with your teammates. Uh, you know, scoring goals is a lot more fun than fighting, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so let's so, get right into uh, the hockey. Um, okay. Let's go back. Uh, you've been 30 years, played 30 years. That's a long time. That's so let's tell, time. how did you, okay, so to play hockey, you got to be able to, I mean, those are, your those skates are thin, right? Like it's a blade. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with roller skates. Now you're going to tell me to get on a blade. Mm, <laughs> that's a little tough. Yeah. So tell me how, how at a young age you guys are trained to play hockey. Yeah, How's the training it, going? A lot of it's based in skating. So the, the most important thing in the game of hockey is is learning how to skate. So in your early years are are developing your ability to, to work on your edges and and skate uh, uh, effectively going forwards and backwards. And then and then you add the the skills with the stick and handling the puck. I mean, but it all is centered around the ability to skate. If you can't skate, you like you won't be successful at hockey. So. In your early year, before you even start with hockey, you you learn to skate. And how long um, is the process of that? I mean, it takes. It depends on on the athlete. I mean, sometimes kids latch onto it and, and pick it up pretty quickly. Um, like myself, I started skating when I was three, and uh, you know, really really picked it up. Had a knack on for it at four years old. I was a pretty mature kid at that age. So mm-hmm. at four years old, I was able to pick up a stick and and play with on the skates. And, and then I was one of the first kids in my hometown actually to, uh, to play travel hockey at, at such a young age. So, um, you know, it really just depends on the athlete. Like if you're a pretty, if you have good balance on your feet, um, you know, you, you'd be a good skater. So. so in that process, you're learning to skate and then are you learning with the equipment on? Because that, adds extra yeah. because without the equipment it's challenging now you're putting all the equi- oh, yeah. equipment on and now i'm having to balance with the equipment so when do they start yeah. that part of it so usually like you get the equipment when you're ready to start to play hockey so you know you work on just with skates and a helmet to start and then once you're ready to kind of put the stick in your hands then you get the pads and to be honest the the the, the gear and the weight doesn't really doesn't really affect the balance any it oh, more right. or less gives you more confidence because you can fall and it doesn't hurt uh, <laughs> so the gear actually helps uh, with the confidence and, and things so you know once once you get the gear on you, you kind of can really start to test yourself with speed and stopping and running into the boards or into another player and that uh-huh. and that to go back on that other comment that's what makes it fun too to be able to smash into people and it be legal you know, and, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a fun part of the game. And I think it's, you know, I, a lot of young players would, would agree with that. So now for you, you, you start at a young age, you played in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen that many high schools um, with hockey. Is it, is there a reason why it's not that many schools, high schools? So, yeah, so uh, there are height, like it depends on the area. So like, um, you know, Anaheim, the Anaheim, like Southern California area just started high school hockey a few years back mm-hmm. um, with some investment from the NA- new NHL teams that are over there. Um, you know, Dallas, I think is, is going to get there at some point. Their youth hockey actually started to step it up quite a bit. They have new programs uh, down there because of the uh, the Dallas Stars that came in there. So a lot of areas that have a, a, a high a high amount of arenas and, and, and interest for the sport have high school hockey. Now, unfortunately, like high school hockey isn't as competitive as it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. There's a new 
thing that's called triple A hockey, which is like the highest level for your age group. And that's sort of taken over for, uh, for high school hockey, if you will. They still have high school hockey, especially around here. There's a lot, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York. There's a lot of, you know, Minnesota has a lot of high school hockey. Minnesota is really the only place where high school hockey is sort of the, the place to be. Um, everywhere mm. else, it's, it's youth hockey playing, you know, at the AAA level from the time you're 16 and up. So Now, is that because um, in those states, it snows more and you don't necessarily have to be in an arena. You guys have lakes that freeze over and the kids are out there skating on them. Is that yeah, why well, like, popular yeah, out like there? Ten years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago when the climate wasn't so warm, that, that would have been true. I mean, a lot of those colder places, you could, you know, skate on a pond and things. But nowadays, you know, the lakes are barely getting cold enough to freeze over. So um, I would say that's kind of what started the tradition. Um, I think that would be accurate. But, uh, you know, I think it's more or less, it depends on the community. If hockey is a big part of the community, then chances are they're going to have some high school programs. If hockey's not a big part of the community, then mm -hmm. usually they'll stick to just having youth teams. Yeah, I have um, some godchildren in Alaska that plays hockey. So, oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. plays hockey. In Alaska. Yeah. yeah. They're, on, they're, on a, they're on a competitive traveling team. So, yeah. Um, that's where now, ice would be. That's where what? Ice in Alaska. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because in Alaska, when it freeze, um, my husband's used, uh, truck driver, so he said the trucks actually drive out to the oil rigs on the ice. Oh yeah. Out on oh, the, yeah. I guess on the on the water because it freeze. Yep. He would never oh, do yeah. it, but to get out to the oil rigs, oil rigs out in the water, they their eighteen wheelers literally drive on oh. the ice. No way. Yeah, he said he wouldn't do that. I mean, it pays good, but man, just a, yeah. a crack, that's Ooh. it. No that ain't two wheeler going no down, and you in I'll it. I'll stick to hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, that's, I'm telling you. So, um, college, and then you play professional. So, tell us yep. about that journey. Yeah. So, I, you know, I like to get to college, you know, so I coach junior A hockey now. And to, uh, to get to college, I had to play high-level junior hockey. So I, as a 16-year-old, I got picked up in the British Columbia Junior Hockey League in Nanaimo, British Columbia. I was one of like three or four 16-year-olds in the league and did pretty wow. well. And then I got picked up by the Tier 1 here in the States called the United States Hockey League. Mm -hmm. I played in Omaha, Nebraska for three years and you know did a good job. It was an amazing place. Was, we had 8,000 fans a game and... Wow. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was like playing pro at, in high school. Um, and then I got picked up by, uh, I got a scholarship to go play college hockey at Quinnipiac University, um, mm -hmm. which is in, uh, it was just here in Hamden, Connecticut. And, uh, you know, played for four years. My last year as a captain, uh, we uh, competed at the national tournament and uh, had a, you know, we won our league championship uh, three of my four years there. And so, uh, and then we were recently inducted into the Hall of Fame. Wow, congratulations. Uh, thank you. And, uh, uh, and then, you know, I played a year of pro. Uh, the clip you saw was, uh, <laughs> was pro. Uh, I started in the American League with the Utah Grizzlies and they sent me down to the, to the Central League in the minors to, you know, sort of cut my teeth, if you will. But, you know, I did a lot of fighting in my career and it got to a place where, uh, you know, it sort of became tiresome to drop the gloves all the time to get a paycheck. So I, you know, I started coaching right away and I've been doing it ever since. So now on the hockey, how is the recruiting process for college? Yeah, so that's a great question. So um, because junior A hockey is such a prevalent thing all over the U.S. and Canada, you know, college recruiters have, you know, sort of a lot of hockey to watch at their disposal. You know, now yeah. with the, the internet technology, they have a thing called Hockey TV where you can pretty much, you know, watch any game that happens in the U.S. or Canada oh, or wow. in the world for that matter. Um, so a lot of 
recruiting these days are, are being done, you know, on video. And then, um, you know, with the recruiting budget, you can go and watch uh, showcases that these leagues have or games uh, in the various places. Um, so, you know, the, and you can get a pretty good, like you can go watch a kid live and then, you know, go back home and, and pay attention to the rest of his games, you know, watching video and get a real good sense of who that athlete is. And, and then obviously the phone conversations, you want to understand who they are as a person and their character and their ability to, you know, what their grades are like and talk to their teachers and things like that. I mean, the good recruiters pay attention to the whole, whole person, the whole athlete, right. um, because you don't want to spend that money on a kid that comes and ends up being a bad seed. Right. So it's very yeah. important, especially in today's world, that kids keep a clean, clean record on the social media and, yeah. you know, sort of keep it, I call it, keep it Switzerland, you know, don't, don't lean one way or the other too much. Uh, just be a good human being and post positive things and, and, you know, it, everything will be fine. Uh, a lot of kids today make the mistake of airing That's out right. the dirty laundry on social That's media right. and, and the college recruiters pay attention to that. They I watch all of that. that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You wow. know, you, the last thing you want to see is one of your athletes, you know, holding up a beer and a bong and saying, hey, let's, you know, let's have some fun. You know, they might be great at the time, but that's going to end up haunting you in the long run. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're due to the social media now, they have, it's easier access to your life. And it's funny because athletes yeah. get on and they don't think about that. They just start posting. And, you know, whether it's in the club, a bunch of women or in the street or doing something, they just start posting or even they even what they call call clap back. Right. So if somebody say something, they clap back and say something negative or, you know, uh -huh. something they shouldn't say. And it it messes yeah. with them. I mean, you, look, you know, you look at Drew Brees, you know, like the comment that Drew Brees made. It, it, and it was not a smart thing for him to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're of course, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but. You know, at the end of the day, I think the smartest thing to do, regardless of what your feelings are, uh, when it comes to social media, especially if you're an athlete, because you're under the microscope as an athlete. As an athlete. Like that. Right. Keep it PC. Keep, you know, keep your political comments to yourself. Don't let, don't let uh, uh, the social media be, you know, your soapbox. Yeah. You know, let, you know, like, I understand, you know, standing up for your rights and things like that. That's a whole other story. Um, but in, in regards to your personal life, like we don't, we don't need to see all of that. Right. You know, we, we just want to know that you're a good athlete and that you're going to be a, a good human being and you're going to have a positive effect on the community around you when you're here. Right. So. Cause it does, it messes with them. And then the sad thing about it, social media or the, the news will take it and twist it. And by time, and you may not have meant yeah. it exactly that way. Right. Um, but you might have said it out of a moment you were frustrated. So right. it came uh -huh. out that way. Uh -huh. Well, it's too late because as soon as you push send, it goes ding, 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 ding. Oh. I mean, it's like it's oh, yeah. gone. And so then the media yeah. grabs it. They yeah. write an article about it. They flip it. So now it's way past you. It went down the street, around the corner in another state. And by the time it gets yeah. back to you, you're going, but that's not what? what? Wait, wait, that's that. not what I, wait, <laughs> hold on. You took it to wrong. Well, it's too late now because. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. So yeah, I, I tell my athletes. The bad thing, yeah, the bad thing about about it too is that uh, you you have something that most people don't have when you're an athlete, especially if you're a professional athlete. Is you have a soapbox to stand on. When you mm -hmm. speak, people are listening. They're listening. Yeah, yeah. Right. role models and the kids that want to be you. So you have to be very, very conscious of, of the things you say on social media. It's just, it's so important. It's crazy. So it's now crazy. in the recruiting process for high school to college, what is the recruiting, what is it like for, to go to professional? So walk us through the steps of an agent and the contracts because they're different. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so in hockey, they have a draft, right? So if you want to play at the highest level, which is the mm -hmm. NHL, um, you know, you got to perform at the junior level or at, at the college level. Um, and so, you know, if you're lucky enough to get drafted, then you're automatically 
sort of you move right into you know that organization that drafts you if you're if you're a free agent um and i think you were talking about this before if you're a free agent it's a little bit different you, yeah. you kind of have to you work with an agent to get you opportunities uh for various teams that you might have a chance at and then you kind of work your way up through the through the system um, the NHL is so elite and so difficult to get into as a free agent. Typically, you're spending, as a free agent, if you're not drafted, you're you're probably going to spend two, three years in the minors before you get your chance. And you're going to wow. have to perform. Um, you know, some guys will go right in as a free agent. They got missed. And they play maybe half a season in the American League. And, and everybody's like, oh boy, we missed this guy. Let's get him. Uh, uh, but it's it's pretty common for a, a player, even if he's drafted, to play a few years in the minors before he gets called up. So, so they yeah, let me, so, let me ahead, ask, Karen. Uh, when you were talking about being drafted, you talked about in the junior league in in the college league. So that means that the junior league is you said it was eighteen and twenty. So you're saying they can be drafted at the age of eighteen. Into hockey. Oh, yeah. yeah, so a lot like uh, you know the NFL draft, will they'll draft players right out of high school. Um, it's similar in hockey. Uh, their league basketball will. One, yeah, basketball too. Yep. Um, uh, there are leagues that uh, uh, like uh, in Canada, the Western Hockey League, the Ontario Hockey League, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, hmm. that are considered minor pro. Um, it is junior A because of the age group, but they, some of those athletes get paid. Um, they they typically will draft players out of those leagues. They draft players out of junior A uh, in the U.S., the United States Hockey League. Like this last year, they had a ton of kids drafted out of the United States Hockey League, hmm. um, which is that's the league that I played in for, for three years. And um, uh, Yeah, so you could get drafted as, you know, typically you're when you're drafted, you're you're 19, 20 years old, um, coming out of those leagues. Or if you're drafted out of college, you're a little bit older. So it can happen. So, if you're really good, they'll find you. So basically, you have baseball who have minor league. Um, uh -huh. You have hockey who has minor league. And so, again, that's I think what they were trying to do with the XFL to be kind of like that minor yeah. league. Um, so because it actually would be good. Now, what's the contract like? It's is it a baseball's guaranteed? Is hockey like a guaranteed contract? It depends on the contract, right? Like mm -hmm. uh you can get what's called a two-way contract where uh say you're you know, you, we're gonna we're gonna draft you or we're we're gonna sign you to a two two way. So you're gonna play for our American League affiliate. And if you prove yourself there, then then uh, we'll call you up and play for us. And then, you know, you have the option. It depends on the length of the two-way. Usually they do one or two-year two-way contracts. You know, after your second year, then they revisit giving you a full contract for that particular team or, or otherwise. I didn't um, even know they had a, um, a draft either. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah I, I I guess you because it's not as it's not as big. I mean, right, as the right. NFL draft and the NBA draft. Um, right. I know MLB has a draft, but yeah. Okay. What is this? Go ahead. How many teams are in the draft, and how many players are on a team? So every team has. Uh, let's see. The NHL, I think they can carry twenty-three or mm. twenty-five. Mm. Uh, somewhere in there, and then uh, you know, there's quite a few teams. I think, oh boy, you're really testing my hockey knowledge here. Uh, <laughs> 30 years, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, 20, 23 teams. And how many games the do they play? They play anywhere from you know 80 to 100 games a season. Oh. Are you serious? That's a lot. Yeah, like That's like that. What well, like, basketball play? What a hundred and something. Man, I did not yeah, know that. It's closer to the eighty side, but you know, like in junior hockey, they're playing anywhere from fifty to sixty games. 
college it's obviously a lot less like they only play like 25 to 30. um so so how many minutes how many they play four quarters or how does three, it go three periods of 20 minutes stop time three periods 20 minutes stop time wow yeah. so what's the training like um for hockey is it is it the same as like weights agility what's what's how do you guys prepare yeah lots of weights lots of agility uh, the most the most effective training for hockey is uh plyometric activity so explosive work uh you know a lot a lot you train a little bit like a like a football player would you know with the speed and agility mm-hmm. but a lot of it is uh single single leg single appendage work because of the balance aspect. Um, so sprints is a, is a great thing for hockey players. It's, the weight training is more focused on balance and stability um, and things like that. So uh, it's very important that you have really strong, you know, ankles, strong, strong legs. It's not as important for you to be really big on, on the top half. Um, so a lot of lower body, you know, explosive work is, is usually the way you train for hockey. So do you, do hockey have a pro day as well? Uh, what do you mean by a pro day? So like, for instance, like, like a, in the um, football, they have pro day where the um, teams can come out and watch those who made it to the, to. Um, who's um, eligible. Yeah. Who's eligible for pro day and they can come out and watch them and, and things like that do. Yeah. They do. Okay. They do have that. They have the projected drafts. It's kind of, yeah, it's similar, similar, similar. type of thing. Um, okay. You know, they have the guys come out and do uh, uh, skills and, and shooting and skating and things like that. Yeah, there, mm-hmm. there, there is a pro day for sure. Let me ask you this, you know, like with football, you know, there's sizes, certain positions are a certain size and, and weight mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Is that the same with hockey? Um, you have to be a certain height. You have to be a certain weight for the different positions. So not really. I mean, there's, there is like common sizes for positions. Like for goalies, it's always better to have a taller, bigger goalie. I mean, there's the odd exception, like a a kid might be 5'11 and still be as effective as a 6'4 goalie. Um, But usually, you know, Statistically, a goalie that's like six one and above is going to save more pucks. It's just wow. Um, but again, there's exceptions to that rule, of course. Um, you know, defensemen typically, you know, the average size of hockey players is like six foot and above at the pro level. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know, there's plenty of smaller guys like Sidney Crosby and you know Martin Saint Louis. You know, guys that are are like five eight you know, five, nine, who are, who are just as effective as the bigger guys. So it really comes down to, you know, your skill level and, and your ability to stay on your skate. And how explosive you are, as you were saying, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And how right. explosive you are. Yeah. If you're in your first three steps, you can jump out ahead of everybody else. It doesn't matter if you're five, two or, or, you know, six, five, like it's, as long as you can skate faster and stay on your skates and score score goals, then you know you're you're going to make it. So before we move on um, to because you're now coaching, what is what is the average of a contract? So what's uh, average of a contract like for price pay, for like pay a, wise pay wise? Well, the minimum the league minimum in the NHL is like four hundred thousand. So mm. it's pretty good. That is very um, good. Very good. Yeah, that's the yeah. league minimum. So it might even be more now, but uh, but I think it's somewhere around four hundred thousand, and then it can be that. anywhere from there. I mean, you have athletes that are making multi million dollars. However, the scale is much smaller than you know, like baseball or football or basketball. Yeah, those guys get paid quite a bit more, and wow. that's mainly because of the TV deals, right? Like, you know, they have the best uh, TV deals of anybody those those sports hockey used to be with espn a long time ago mm-hmm. you know now they they sort of they bounced around with different uh different networks and things so tsn mm-hmm. is now really the the major carrier of hockey and they have the nhl package now that yeah i've seen know, that uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that on ESPN. If you want to watch it, order the package. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But uh, yeah, four hundred thousand. That's that's pretty good. Okay, so um, four hundred thousand, but to for competitive, you said it arranged from Um, ten to twenty thousand for a young person to play a year. Yeah. So if 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 you have a, a a young athlete who wants to play AAA hockey, uh, at, you know, at a high level, play, compete against the best, you know, you're talking anywhere from, you know, ten to twenty thousand dollars. That covers your ice time, your uh, your travel, and your game expenses and things like that. And you, you know, that's not really even counting equipment because. You know, every time you grow, you're going to have to need a new set of equipment. And equipment's not cheap. You know, skates are, you know, anywhere from three to $600 a pair. Um, wow. You know, shin pads are 100 bucks. Helmets, 100 bucks. That's Gloves, okay. You know, 100 bucks. So it's, uh, I'll buy him a puck like, and yeah, a stick, and I'll let him go in the backyard. In the street. Yeah. <laughs> right. Stick. We're gonna play Sticks street like hockey. Two hundred dollars. I'll make one. <laughs> I'll make one. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And you know what? Yeah, that that don't even count for it. Like my coworker uh, here in Dallas, he was into uh, his son was into hockey, and then they decided to let their son move out east to live with a family in order for mm-hmm. him to continue to play hockey. So that right, they probably added more money onto that twenty thousand dollars, just letting him oh, yeah. go to live with a family. I don't know. Yeah. See, see, yeah, so- I'm glad mine didn't play because we talk on the show. We talk about parents who get rowdy and tell off coaches. I'm gonna tell you right oh, now, yeah. I probably would be one of those parents because I, my mind would be thinking twenty thousand dollars. So I'm yeah. gonna be yelling. <laughs> Um, I'm going to be like, why you ain't playing my son? <laughs> I'm going to be right, throwing fits because right. my mind is going, I just spent 20000 No, you're going to do something. You're going to get on some ice. No, I'm playing. But yeah, yeah that's a. Um, yeah, no, that's a common thing. Like uh, you have uh, parents in the hockey world that are just as crazy as any yeah, other. Yeah, I, w- I would be crazy and in the hockey world. Part of it. Yeah, the, yeah, the financial part of it is is definitely not something that we're proud of in the industry. Like, but it's really kind of unavoidable just with yeah. how expensive the ice is to maintain and the staff you have to pay to upkeep the rink and the electricity bill. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for a, a day when we can be more sustainable as a sport, you know, like there's a lot of rinks are looking into solar energy for their electrical bills now and, you know, different means of, of keeping a, a rink uh, up and keeping the ice and, and hockey more affordable. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of great ideas out there. They just, I don't think they've just come to fruition just yet. Yeah. Now, when they come down, we'll think about it. Yeah, but until no. then, they're going to stay with football. <laughs> so what's the average cost of a ticket to actually come to a game? So it depends on what, you know, like what league you're you're talking about. So like if you're going to the NHL, I mean, you could anywhere from 30 to 200 bucks. Uh depending upon where you're sitting and things like that. Yeah. But the, the tickets for the games aren't really that bad. They're pretty standard, like going to a football game. Okay, or a game more basketball game. game. Yeah. yeah so now the, the nosebleed. Yeah, the nosebleed. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like nosebleeds. I get, I get lightheaded. <laughs> can't do it. So now you, you play professional. Now you went on to coaching. Um, yeah. So during the COVID, how has that been for you guys? And what does it look like for you coming back? So, you know, our league, the Eastern Hockey League, is, uh, you know, very optimistic about everything. Every, you know, we're, we have a, a full team. Um, you know, recruiting has been great. Uh, we're, we're sort of kind of – we're not acting like the COVID-19 isn't happening because it's definitely a real thing and it's affecting a lot of families and, and athletes. And, uh, but we're also, you know, optimistic that, you know, it is going to lift and – uh, you know, we have some projected dates, so our start date might be a little bit later uh, than normal. Usually we're starting around Labor Day. You know, mm-hmm. we're probably going to start a little closer to October, I think, just to 
to make sure things are kind mm -hmm. of cleared and underway. You know, there's going to be regulation as far as how many people can be in the building and and things like that that we'll have to work around. Or, uh, but you know, the the comforting part is that most of us the rinks are privately owned, um, the teams are privately owned. Mm -hmm. So as long as we're you know we're not allowing it to be too much of a public thing, I don't think there's going to be too many too many issues. We've been talking about different things as far as testing goes. I don't know how far that's going to go, but I think it all just kind of depends upon, you know, sort of how this fall plays out in the next couple of months. So now when it comes to the NCAA, how do they play a part in this with you guys? Yeah, so we, we do, so the Eastern Hockey League puts, does more NCAA division two and division three commitments than any, any other league in the world. So, we have a very uh, high presence of NCAA coaches in our buildings on a regular basis. Um, you know, so we're, hopefully, the, you know, the, the restrictions aren't too severe that we can't have these guys in our building, uh, you know, on our showcases and things like that for them to watch our athletes. So uh, we're pretty confident that, you know, we have a deal with Hockey TV, which is, you know, I alluded to that before, where, all of our games are required to be filmed. Um, you know, it has to be a good image. Uh, there has to be announcers and mm -hmm. things like that. So, yeah. you know, it, let's say, for example, we can't have these guys in our building. We already have created a plan to make sure that they're, you know, they're, they're tuning in to our games on hockey TV and these kids are getting a, a fair look from all the schools. So how has it been mentally with your team? You know, have they, how are they handling everything right now mentally? Yeah, so far, I think, you know, it's affected some of our guys a little bit more than others. Um, I, uh, I call all my recruits on a regular, like at least once a week and, and talk about their training and, you know, how, where they're at and how their families are doing. And, uh, you know, one thing I, I made clear to all of them is like, hey, look, just because you can't get on the ice doesn't mean you can't take care of your body. Um, That's right. So I send out nutrition, and uh, I'm also I'm a certified uh, personal trainer, so I oh I wow send out things with uh, nutrition and workouts that they can do, sprint workouts and things that they can do with their body weight if they don't have weights at home and things like that. So far, everybody's doing pretty well. Um, they're just a little bored is, is what I'm getting. So. Yeah, they're ready for everything to go back to, try to go back to normal as much as, as it can and everything. So, yeah. wow. Absolutely. So when does your season usually start for you guys? Usually it starts just after Labor Day. So like last year we had exhibition games starting in like the first, the first week there of September. Mm -hmm. um, um, but I think this year it might start a few weeks after just to make sure that, uh, you know, the majority of the cases are moving down on the downward trend, which it seems that might be the case. It's hard to tell, obviously, with, as we talked about the media, who, who knows where it's at. Um, right. Our, our regulating body, USA Hockey, is sort of in charge of deciding a lot of that. So we kind mm -hmm. of are at the mercy of them and and what they're going to allow us to do. So, but so far, all the discussions have been positive. Um, I spoke with our commissioner today and, and he uh, seems pretty positive that things are going to be pretty normal by the time we get to October. So, so that's Hey, I was reading that you're very involved in the community. I'm a community person. So tell me about some of the things Wait, that you're before, involved before, in. Before you do that, let me tell you about her. She go pom-poms. She's <laughs> out in the street. She has cowbells. She wears <laughs> helmets. She's at every game, every basketball game. So when she says she's in the it. community, she knocking on businesses' doors. She, she'll post, I'm at so-and-so's um, barbecue shop. And I mean, she'll turn That's the camera on. So, so when she says she's in the community, please believe me. <laughs> she's, and yeah. I love it. So we need to know how far, I mean, how deep are you in the community? Well, so before I became a coach, um, I did what's called Teach for America. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that program. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of a recent college grad, uh, you know, apply to be a teacher. 
Um, and you know, there's a, it's like getting into Harvard. If you can get in, it's, it's very challenging. There's a lot of teachers that wow. apply and they basically teach you how to be a teacher in, in, in like, you know, a couple months. Oh, wow. And they put you in underperforming schools because it's a, you know, it's a civil rights movement. It's about closing the achievement gap between the non-affluent and affluent communities. Wow. It really kind of changed my perspective on, you know, how much I can give back to the community. I mean, I live a pretty privileged life and, and there's a lot more I can do for, for the kids around me and the, and the kids in the under, underperforming communities. Um, so I, I did that for like four years and it really helped me as a, as a professional and, and gave me a lot of perspective on how I should be conducting myself, you know, just outside mm. the rink. And so, you know, every year we, we try to get involved as much as we can in, in, uh, you know, school functions. Like we have our guys, will go and visit the school with our jerseys on and they'll read oh, wow. to the kids. Uh, we, we get involved with the local food bank and, have the guys work uh, in the food bank and uh, you know we're, we're still building those those relationships you know every year we, we form a new relationship uh, with a new organization like last year we uh, we did a charity game for the Jet Foundation which mm-hmm. is uh, in my opinion is is a is a really awesome organization um, Duchenne uh, multiple sclerosis is a um, is a very serious, uh, yeah, uh, excuse me, mus- muscular dystrophy, sorry. Um, a very serious disease that affects the youngsters uh, and, and, you know, really kind of mi- limits their life expectancy. We have a one of our family members on the team whose son has the shin. And uh, so we did a, a game. We ordered special jerseys and mm. we did an online auction for all the jerseys that the players wore in the game. And raised like over I think over two thousand dollars uh for, mm. for that and then I did a I did a ride uh this summer as soon as COVID-19 hit I have a peloton and uh I decided that I would ride the distance of the state of Washington so 360 miles in 30 days to Ooh. benefit the uh-huh. uh, the the Jet Foundation and I raised over two thousand dollars for it. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. Okay, no, she ain't that. So, no, she not riding. She not. No. no. <laughs> and you said over thirty days. It took me yeah, about thirty days. About, yeah. Karen, when will we go get there? Mm-mm. Now, I if like, I could go to a football games in thirty days, a foot different football game, then I would do that. Yeah, but yeah. not riding no Mm-mm. pelican. Did you say pelican? It was great. It was. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was like 12, 50 miles a day, something like that. It was, it was, I was tired. Yeah. But you, no. you do a lot in the, the dogs come after you. She said the dogs no. come after you. No, you're on the freeway. Bike oh, okay. I didn't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, um, as being in the community, because I know we were laughing about the price as African American, I know there's young men that are, are now starting to get in hockey. Um, mm-hmm. when you look at the price, it is expensive, especially for a single mother. I mean, a thousand yeah. is tough. Um, it, but basketball right. and football is averaging about 500, if that. So how, how do you guys cope with that? Because I know that that is a, it's a sport that you're starting to see more African and male, um, men, males wanting to play. Yeah. How do, how does that all? Yeah. And, and females. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so what I do, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but you know, what I do is I always try to leave uh, roster spots available for, you know, and, and not, and not just, you know, any rate, like for anybody really right. uh, to, to have access so that, you know, I do my job on the recruiting end of it so that well, there's some, some extra funds to help families that, you know, have a, have a good athlete and that, you know, that uh, uh, may, may need some help financially, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a, a lot of guys in our league do that same thing. That's good. And, and we also, you know, as a league and, and myself, we definitely pay attention to, you know, diversity. It's an important thing. Yeah. Um, last year I had, uh, I had uh, two Asian American kids on my team and I had uh, uh, an African American kid on our team and, 
um, you know, I think that uh, uh, I think it's important. It's not an easy thing to do with how, how expensive uh, the sport is and how I, I would say the the game of hockey is is very white. Um, yeah. If we're being honest, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think it's important to uh, for diversity to exist. I mean, that's the first question that a college recruiter will ask you if you're if you're going to uh, to try to get a job at the college level. They ask you like, how, well, how are you you know how are you dealing with uh, diversity? Uh, and I think you know I think that the way I deal with it is is I look for the best available hockey players out there, regardless of what they look like. Right. Um, right. But uh, I also, you know, I also think that uh, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot more African-Americans playing the sport today. And, and there's a lot, a lot of people that also, uh, you know, don't have the money to play. So yeah. as long as there's, you're providing access for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, a uh, it's something that, uh, that's good. You know, it allows there to be diversity in the sport, which I think is important. Hopefully within the years it'll change. Go ahead. You know, uh, one thing that we do talk about when we have guests on the show is uh, mental illness. So Uh tell us about that in the hockey world. Yeah, I I mean, it's definitely a, a real thing. I've had, you know, I've been doing junior hockey now for almost 15 years and, um, you know, every other year or so there's, you know, there's, there are kids that, that will come to you with, that have some problems. Um, you know, I, I try to, as a coach, I try to make sure I check in with my guys on the regular, you know, I was a player too, and I understand, you know, how difficult it is to perform and manage your academics and, you know, manage your life when you're having to give to a sport on a regular basis. So I try to check in with our guys, you know, all the time we do a lot of team building activities where, you know, we'll all get together and have a PlayStation yeah. Four tournament or something, you know, playing good. Madden or, you know, we, we we do a lot of things where I'm able to kind of keep a close eye on the guys. Uh, uh, I have a I, I'm a big proponent of leadership. Um, you know, I let my guys kind of run the ship, if you will, as far as you know, uh, uh, team camaraderie and, 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 uh, cohesion and things like that. So I really take my time to pick the right guys that are going to pay attention to those types of things. You know, I usually pick two captains and two alternate captains and those guys I call my leadership group. We meet once a week, um, to talk about any of the guys, are they struggling with this X, Y, and Z, you know, what are we going to do to fix it? Uh, you know, I try to let the guys police it more so than me because they, the kids respond to, to yeah. their peers a lot better. So, yeah, that's uh, good. I think, yeah, it's very okay. important to, to be in tune with the mental stability of your athletes. Uh, mental health is a, is a real thing. Yeah. It's important to make sure that everybody's, you know, doing okay. And it's, it's okay to ask guys, you know, for other coaches that's out right. there, like, Ask your guys, you know, get to know them on a personal level. That's so important. Especially now during, during this COVID, you'll see it a lot more um, because now they're home. They're not, you know, for some kids being away at school is a safe haven, you know, because of what they go through at home and their environment. And so now you, and then you have the professional who is going, okay, what if we don't come back? What am I going to do? And you have them now, as we've talked on our show before, that are living payday, you know, living check to check right now. They don't, the money's not there. Um, And so being able to, as a coach, it's important to pay attention to the signs like you're doing and checking on them and then having the team work together and pay attention to the signs. And because it's there, you know, yeah. You got to understand we got 50 states and 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 in the 50 states, you got, you know, communities. And so it's like you have athletes who are really struggling with this mentally and emotionally. So, um, yeah, so that's good that you are paying attention. It's funny. My husband just came on the screen. I told him, baby, I told him about our goddaughter in Alaska. <laughs> He's like, my goddaughter is a goalie. I told him, so I'll let you know. So, um, That's great. But, yeah, this has really been good. So, 
um, hopefully um, this also when it comes to diversity can change as well because hockey is it's just from watching that few minute segment it kind of caught my attention because I've seen it, but then I don't pay attention to it. Right. Right. So now I was sitting there like, Oh, they fight like that. Hold on. I'm right. like, watch me a game. <laughs> right. You know, to go. I might have to it. go experience it because yeah. maybe, you know, it's, it's good to, to um, experience other sports. Yeah. I think we get Absolutely. stuck in between football and, and so it's like, okay, football and basketball. And then you kind of trickle into baseball and then everything else starts going down and down and down. I think we mm-hmm. should experience other sports, you know, yeah. I tell my guys always to, you know, don't be a one sport athlete, like yeah, enjoy other sports too, because it really helps with your creativity as an athlete. Um, you know, if you just stick to hockey, like, you know, you're not going to, there's certain things you're going to limit yourself to. I mean, um, always always participate and and check out other sports it, it can be advantageous to your career and then you find it you find a level of respect for the other athletes you know there you, you'll yeah. go oh wait you're an athlete just like me you know just you because can. we play two different sports mm-hmm. we're still athletes we still train we're still grinding we still go through things we're still trying to make it to that one percent so it's it's good that um that even coaches would start taking their athletes to different games and to different, oh, so yeah. they can get a feel of, you know, they, they, they yeah, work as do, hard uh, as we do. We do jujitsu. So when I retired from, from pro hockey, I, I became an MMA fighter. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So if you, you could find that video too. If you <laughs> Wait, did no, you win? He, no, he do. I, that's what I say. Oh, yeah. He wanted, yeah, he wanted to know, I need yeah. you to find that video. <laughs> so yeah, I, I started doing mixed martial arts because I, you know, I, I wanted to see what this level of athleticism was. I mean, it was, I was fascinated by it and uh, I thought, I felt it could be a, a great thing for hockey players to train, you know, in that sort of, realm if you will and so I started doing jujitsu and different martial arts and I loved it and I still teach it today like I teach it to hockey players because I think it's it's like wrestling it's very challenging it's mentally challenging and mentally, it's a great yeah. workout so I started degree black belt oh wow yeah nice. yeah and then in, I was in what jiu-jitsu? in karate no Mm-mm. oh okay <laughs> Cool. No, I was actually testing for my, I'm um, going into testing for my second. And, and at the time you have to jump. Okay. So when you test for your first degree, you jump over one person with a flying sidekick and you break a board. So I was like, okay, cool. Oh. Did that. Got my first degree. Second degree, you have to jump over two people and break two boards. And so oh, I God. did it, but I didn't know I had a fracture hairline on my, on my, um, on my foot. And so it was hurting, but I, I didn't know. So I went to volleyball the next day because I played. Um, I was the spiker in volleyball in high school. Came down and that oh, joke said, okay. and oh, I was man. like, man. So I had missed. So you, wait, know. you can jump over two people and break two boards. Like, I'm not messing with you. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. And you it, think that your foot was so it, broken? It's funny because my mom put me in it and then my brothers, um, my sisters didn't do it. So I have two twin brothers um, and they were in it. They made their third degree black belt. And so I got to second degree. Oh, wow. After That's I broke awesome. my foot, I didn't go back. I, I kind of okay. hate, I wish I would have, because mentally it it's, you have a different, you learn to control things differently, yeah. right? So you learn to control your anger. You learn to control stress. It's just, you learn to, to, um, I don't know. It's weird, but it's just like you, when you go, you're like, okay, let it go. And then you learn to yeah. focus, you know what I mean? So it's absolutely. not, yeah, no, it's really good. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. Martial arts have a lot of therapeutic elements to it. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough workout and it's, oh, it is. A lot of discipline. Yeah. I used to win my fights. I, oh, I spar. Oh my goodness. I used to love to go to tournaments. Ooh, when they said, when they, back. oh no. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm young. Uh, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah, I'm I don't. Good. I don't compete anymore either. It's, I'm getting too old. Yeah, <laughs> and they're they're faster. They're quicker. No, I'm okay. Yeah, I can't. Keep, yeah, 
I'm with yeah, you. So. Well, listen, coach, this has been great. We have learned a lot about hockey and I hope whoever's watching our fans, listeners, check into it. You know, it, it's, it's good to, to be able to, um, be a part of another sport, find out what's going on. And, um, yeah, I, I'll think about it for my son. You see me say, yeah. I think about yeah. it right. We'll go to a game yeah. first. We're going to do yeah, street hockey outside. No, we're going to do street hockey outside first. Let oh, me see okay. if he wants to. Because, you know, when you get yeah. kids at the age, they'll like, oh, I want to do this one. And it only lasts about like five minutes and they're done. Oh, no. 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 If, if, if I'm spending 10, 20,000, oh, no, you're going to play this till you get 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So love it. we'll see. Love it. But um, thank you again, Coach, for coming on to the show. Um, you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Continue Thank to do you. what you're doing in the community. And I hope you guys yeah. have a great season coming up. So, but Thank um, you very much. I hope we can do this again. Yes, yes, right. yes. Hopefully we can come out to a game. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah so this is your girl, Shannon, at Can We Talk Sports. We will be back this Sunday. What? Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. This Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah, we got um someone that wrote a book, Jared yes. Johnson. From Cleats to Loafers. Yeah. That's yeah. the name of the book. That, that's funny. That's cute. Cleats yeah. to Loafers. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. going to be a good book. And I can't wait to kind of see how that transition went. So anyway, listen, y'all stay safe out there. Stay prayed up, you know, stay focused, stay positive, love on each other. Love on your children, love on your husband, love on your wife, love on your dog, your cat. Just I don't know about that. I know. I just, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, it was flowing. You know, what I'm right. I was like flowing anyway. So we will be back next Sunday. This is your girl, Shannon. And I'm Karen. And thank you for joining Can We Talk Sports. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.